Hello and welcome to the Point 99 podcast. I hope you've had a fantastic week since the last episode aired with Josh Sandbrook from Run Kaizen. This week's episode is going to be crazy, given that it launches the same day as the event of the year for not just myself and the podcast, but for many of the Instagram running community lovelies. Whether it's members of the Who Dropped the Dibber cult, who you've heard shouted out since day one of season one of the podcast, our friends over at the EH3 Milers, any Instagram solo smashers, or any number of other Instagram-based teams. You might just be sick of seeing and hearing about the Loch Ness 24 already. But if not, you certainly will be by the end of this weekend and for the next few weeks. I'll apologise for anyone with FOMO, but you had your chance to join the cult. It's now time to congregate and summon Nessie. Before the madness takes over the episode, however, let's get on with the intro. For new listeners, the Point 99 podcast is a running podcast for runners by runners. If you're new to running, we hope to have topics and discussions that will help you along whatever path your journey is taking. Or for any seasoned runners, maybe some stories that will have you empathising with our experiences. Whether it's lessons we've learned during our own journeys, embarrassing stories or heartstring pulling moments, we hope you'll stick with us while we try share some good vibes, motivation and positivity and hopefully we can have a laugh along the way. As I mentioned, it's already been a week since episode 7 featuring Josh Sandbrook from Run Kaizen aired. I wasn't entirely sure how you folks might react to a slightly different type of guest and episode, but I'm glad to see such amazing responses and feedback as always. I have received a couple of messages to say that people are giving the app a go after hearing about it on the episode. And I suppose if nothing else, trying it out to see how it works for you is always going to be the way forward before you commit. It certainly works well for me, but every runner is different and what what works for me likely won't work for anyone else. Episode 8, well, it's going to be either super tame or super wild. It really does depend. Having a really busy week this week between work and preparations for the 24, I'm recording the episode in sections to make my life easier. Although my editing self might not see it that way, but that's a problem for future Steve. As always, I'll be covering a bit of the news from myself and the wider community before jumping into more of a directed look at the episode topic. Guest-wise, I'm trying something different again, featuring a few faces from the Who Dropped the Dibber squad from multiple drop-in recording sessions, so it could be very, very odd. I know it's likely going to be an absolute pain in the backside to edit, but again, that's a problem for future Steve. And if you're hearing this, then it's all worked out well because I wouldn't publish anything I wasn't happy with. On to the news and a slight retraction on something I said and posted on my Instagram feed. So last Saturday was my 25th parkrun and my 25th volunteer merit. Well, at least that's what the 5k app told me, but it stitched me up good and proper. It was still my 25th parkrun, but I am two merits short of my 25 volunteer badge. Unfortunately, the 5k app shows 25 merits for 23 events as a volunteer, but the parkrun site itself only logs 23 merits. So I'll have to do a double header volunteer session to hit my 25 landmark. It doesn't affect anything more than my own sanity, so that's something I have to correct. From my own running perspective, last week was varied. I had a 17 kilometer on the Tuesday. I would have liked it to be longer, but unfortunately, as it was a lunch run, I had work commitments and other commitments to get back for on the Thursday. Again, a week past Thursday, a week past yesterday, it was a 21 kilometer casual run. I really just took it easy, quite heavy legs and just feeling a little bit tired, a little bit lethargic, but got it done enjoyed it, listened to some music, listened to some podcasts. Then I was at Parkrun, as I say, another five kilometres and then a couple of kilometres down and back. 
Then Sunday, I was meant to run 15 kilometers. Unfortunately, and kind of fortunately, we had friends over and I just really couldn't be bothered after they'd gone home. So, um, it was, it was nice to, nice to have some company, nice to have a little bit of socialization. Um, but then I really, it really took it out of me that I couldn't be bothered running. So a, a pretty strong week all the same, not as strong as I was hoping for, but these weeks happen and I got some activity done at least. For this week in itself, I have done zero mileage so far. I had hopes to do at least 5k, but the way the work's been going, it's very, very busy. I'm going to use it more as a taper week, building up to this weekend, of course, today, tomorrow, Sunday for the Loch Ness 24. Plan at the moment is to do minimum of seven laps, so marathon distance plus a little bit extra, but with having a team of three, there's certainly scope for pushing that little bit more and maybe building back up some of the mileage missed at the back end of last week and mileage missed from this week. So we'll see how we go. We're going to take it easy, super easy on a trail run to roll the ankles or hurt hurt yourself. So fingers crossed that doesn't happen. But uh, yeah, all going well. We should build the mileage back up once again. Across the wider community, there were a few of the regular faces in action at various events. First up, there was the Paisley 10k, with a good number of familiar faces in attendance, smashing out amazing performances and a few PBs. Previous guests to the show, Mike Houston, the Polfit Ultra Runner, and Ryan Miller of the Press Play and Run podcast fame, otherwise known as Scottish underscore runner, were both in attendance. They were joined by Alison Jardin, Scottish marathon girl, a guest from Ryan's pod. There was the Deborah Smasher, Positive Lassie, i.e. Karen, Marathon Mum Elaine, and Rach ran a marathon, who is also aiming her sights firmly on Amsterdam, and she's smashing all of her training along the way. As always, there are certainly going to be people who I've either forgotten or missed, but in my defence, I didn't take any notes, and... It has been a few days of content to doom scroll back through to check. So if I have missed you, I apologise. Let me know and I will put out a correction. Meanwhile, the Abbotsford Harriers were running a trail race five miler at the Abbotsford Estate. Uh, again, a few of the Debbers were in attendance in the form of one of our tallest and one of our shortest being Nick McGowan-Low and Elodie Runs Curls and Chocolate Buns. A couple of additional familiar faces to the community, joining both Elodie and Nick, and that was Steph, Special 86, and Alex Runs and Stuff. Apparently, there were a few spicy inclines at that event, so good on the crew for absolutely smashing it. Otherwise, I think that's pretty much it. If I have missed an event that you were taking part in, please let me know and I will correct myself. But before we transition on to the bombardment of the 24 chat, I want to first shout out the What The Fartlet community and wish them an amazing time at their summer weekender. Their social activities, parkrun takeover and the men's and women's football showdown should be amazing it always sounds like they have fantastic times at their weekenders so fingers crossed for good weather and superb vibes the what the fartlet team and their community have shown so much support and love to this podcast so i want to take any opportunity to shout out their podcast shout out the community and shout out the love to them as well But speaking of the What The Fartlet crew, they're also the reason that we're now working with Twisted Running for all our merchandise needs and online shop. I've just received my first order of tees and I have to say they are amazing quality. The feel is second to none and the comfort level is just amazing. I know both Stu Runs A Lot and Mike, the Polfa Ultra Runner, have both received orders and have very, very similar comments. But thanks to both the guys for showing the love and support to not only the podcast, but to the legends at the Twisted Running Crew. Like I said previously, all going well, we'll end up with more designs and products with Twisted Running, but it really depends on demand. Either way, if it's supporting the 99 or supporting Twisted, why not hop on over to their website and check them out? 
And on the topic of websites, we now have an official website, www.thepoint99podcast.com is now the official front face for the show, containing information, links and an embedded podcast player and so much more. I've been working really hard to get the website out on both desktop and mobile format devices. I had to say, though, the desktop site is by far the superior version. I'm planning to create member login content and future developments to the space to make it fit around the community. So hop on over to the point99podcast.com and let me know what you think. With all of that now out of the way, let's get on to the main event, the spectacular Loch Ness 24. We were, of course, privileged to partner with the event and give away an entry to our previous guest from a few episodes ago, Al Hager, personal best. Throughout the entire planning and preparation process leading up to the event, we've had nothing but praise for the duo who have been there to help us along every hiccup and technical blip, Jess and Jono from the Loch Ness 24 team. Hopefully, I can get some form of content out of the two of them and get it out to you all, whether it's in video or audio format. But being local to the event, I certainly wanted to do my utmost to champion the event the region and the potentials to help celebrate everything that's on offer for anyone making the journey north for the weekend. There are so many people within and outside the team that I am excited to meet this weekend, some of whom I've met a couple of times, but others for the very first time. Of course, Personal Best has also been extremely patient since winning the giveaway and will finally receive the rest of his prize package from Trainer Armour and Runner. Although it has also grown since we aired the competition with a few extra goodies thrown into the mix. My initial plan was to try and get a veteran of the event, someone with fresh blood and a solo runner to join a conversation about expectations and excitement towards the whole weekend. In the end, I had to settle for two informal chat sessions, shooting the breeze and having questions asked of me and hopefully do my best to answer them for a change. Hopefully the edit doesn't sound too odd, but here we go with some of the chat that was had between the two sessions. This feels really alien to me, not having done a introductory speech for somebody, a heartfelt flow of text, recanting all the... A phenomenal efforts of things that they may have done or a guest may have done. It's it's really, really odd. But uh, yeah, this section, as I said earlier in the podcast, is comprised of snippets from two drop-in sessions that I had with various members of the Who Dropped the Debra team. Thankfully, we were able to touch base with the legend who is Control Alt Delay, another veteran to this event, being that there's been only one event, but he is a returning face alongside myself and Jamie. Unfortunately, Jamie wasn't available, but Lee managed to give us some time. He dropped in and uh, without prompting, he shared the story about what actually happened on that fateful night when he dropped the dibber. Um, So instead of me recanting exactly what happened and maybe being a little bit unfair to him, I think I'll do him justice and let him describe it in his own words. So here we go. Here's how Lee tells the story about who dropped the dibber. <laughs> I should probably, I'll, I'll take this opportunity to explain exactly what actually happened. Um, that fateful time, and the fact that I almost never told anyone about it, I actually swithered whether I was going to tell anybody because... It wasn't until I got back to the campsite and like Steve's like, You all right? And I'm like, Yeah. You're pretty flustered. Right? <laughs> I was a bit flustered. He was like, You sure? And I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna tell you. <laughs> so I in the campsite when it got dark when it got darker and the sun went down, it got a little bit chilly. So I was then thinking, right, well, I don't want to be cold when I'm on the course. So what I'll do is I'll just put a, a it's like a, a, a zip top um long sleeve. I'll just put that on um on top of my um my, my my technical top, and then I've got my chest torch on top of that, and I've got the dibber. And then I ran up the hill, got into the forest, and then I realised very, very quickly that the forest was very humid. 
So although it was cold at the campsite, it was actually quite warm in the forest. I'm like, nah, this just isn't going to fly. I'm going to have to, um, I'm going to have to take this off. But I totally forgot that I actually had the dibber on me. So in my stupidity, I didn't even take my chest torch off. I just took, I thought, oh, I can get this all off without taking the chest torch off. So I started taking the actual technical top off. And before you know it, like everything was off. And I had my my technical T-shirt was, was like over my head as well at this point. So I put that back on and I'm looking around and I'm like, okay, here's the torch. Stuff the, um, take the, um, the half sip top, put it around the waist, put the, 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 the chest torch back on and off I go. Completely forgetting that I had a dibber on me. So off I pop and the next thing, like literally about 20 seconds later, this guy comes up behind me and goes, excuse me, is this yours? And he's holding the dibber in, my, in his hand and I'm just like, <laughs> oh my God. And it was just that whole over me and then I spent the entire loop thinking, what would I have done if I got back there and I was like, yeah, I've lost the dibber. <laughs> like what would I have done? Like, are they going to charge me for it? As a, it's like, did I get my loop? Have I just disqualified my team? Have I just ruined everybody's weekend? It's like this whole thing just like mushrooming all to be back. <laughs> obviously, I had it. I did myself back here, and I think I handed it over to Jamie at that point. And off, and off. Hey, Jamie went. didn't know because he just took off. He went off, and of course, I came back to the cabs. We had this thing as well that every time somebody was finishing a loop, everybody would go up to the. Um, to the um, to the start line just to cheer on and it, it was just a you know, like a thing that we had a bit more difficult to do at this time because we we're gonna have so many people on the course which is why it'd be really nice to actually camp on the course and we'll see everybody coming past and do a bit of cheer squad that way and we can also support the, the solo runners that way too um, but of course then like, so Jamie went off and then Steve was like all right and I'm like yeah and then yeah I then started to say retelling the story and they just thought this was absolutely hilarious and I've still at this point just got the absolute fear about what actually happened. But, you know the one fear yeah. that I got when when that when you were telling us was hopefully that's our dipper we're not just getting <laughs> blaps for someone else. No. <laughs> I, had, I had that fear as well and I, I was literally as well I was kind of like oh god it's like and I actually think I actually made you when it came to your lap well you dip in just to see how many laps we've done yeah, and just did. make sure this yeah. is mm-hmm. As actually a dubber, and I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah, I'm yeah. surprised that you didn't end up like getting a dibber tattooed next to the medal, just as a remember, as a reminder that you know you'll always have the dibber on you. Don't tempt <laughs> him. The, the next tattoo idea: get a dibber. <laughs> well, I do have the space. As everyone will know, it could have easily have been anyone dropping a dibber there. Just so happened that it Lee's lap. It was. A little bit hot in the trees, like he said, he took some clothes off and he dropped the dibber. But being that the dibbers are held on a fabric lanyard after a few laps, after a few people have had them, they get quite sweaty and quite sodden and they're not very nice to hold. And yes, you're meant to wear it over your head, but you don't really want to be putting a sweaty lanyard over your head. So they quite often get wrapped around your wrist with a buff underneath. So you're not getting that sogginess. And, or it's going in your pocket, in your jacket, in your shorts. You could have something else in there. Maybe you've got energy bars. Maybe you've got your phone and you're taking some cheeky selfies. And the drop, the dipper could just drop out. All matter, a manner of different ways it could happen. But unfortunately, it happened to Lee. We weren't sure it was our dipper. Like, like I said there, my fear was that someone else had also dropped their dipper and we'd, we'd got theirs. Ours could have still been sat on the, on, on the course. Thankfully, it was ours and nobody else had done it to our knowledge. But uh, yeah, it could have so easily happened to any member of the team. But it will go down in history that Lee dropped the dibber. And as Elodie pointed out there, she's very surprised he hasn't added to his tattoo sleeve, his absolutely beautiful um, sleeve of medals that he has on one of his arms. But as he went on to, to say there is a possibility of that getting added along with some community logos and various groups that he's involved in. But uh, yeah, that's exactly how Lee dropped the dibber. As horrendous as it's going to sound, I'm now just going to play some of the audio from the two drop-in sessions with Elodie, Hannah and Rachel. Now Rachel's going to be running solo but she is still very much a member of Who Dropped the Dibber. Uh, We cover a whole range of subjects from the t-shirts and sponsors for the teams, 
the trophies and the categories, more important subjects like midges, clothing and footwear, just generally relaxed banter about the whole event. So hopefully it's not too jarring for you all. I'm just going to let the audio play, maybe put in some transition swooshes in between, but I won't really talk too much now, but enjoy the relaxed vibing and uh, yeah, I'll catch you in just a few minutes. I mean, I I suppose I kind of better structure it in some form of discussion if it's going on the podcast. So... I'll start with Elodie because she's been to the route. Well, Hannah's kind of been to the route. She knows where it is. We know exactly where it is. But I'll start with Elodie so she can put the fear of God into both ears. <laughs> yeah, we made her run it twice. Twice. Pretty much. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, have you gone and checked the field, Steve? It's been cut. It's been cut. Thank you. Because that's, yeah. that, that was that was the worst bit. That was that that grass was like. <laughs> I level for me. So like if you're a midget, you were gonna get lost in that in that No, it has been cut. Um my hairdresser actually is of, of all the oddest sort of claim to fame sort of thing, his um his wife used to run Rockness uh when it used to be on that site. And that's mm-hmm. the same same field they used to camp in. So they cut it. They cut it a few days before to let it dry out, so it, I believe it has been cut, yes. I'm not going to go check on them. They, they must be getting sick of me tagging them and stuff and saying, you've got trophies, we've got better ones. <laughs> Basically, are you in charge of organising the event next year? Yeah, I think so. I think it will be. I think Gianna and Jess will We can, make, we can make our own event. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll just have a point ninety nine event going on next year. But no, the, you, you, were, you were happy with the route, weren't you? Other than getting lost in a field yeah no the, the route is fine um i think the the change of terrain between like the pebbles the roots the hills the field i think that's going to be the worst bit for me and mm. um, we had a very similar instance at the weekend when um nick came down to do a, a little run near where i am um you can't quite get a steady rhythm when the when what's under your foot changes constantly, uh, which makes it a bit tough. But no, it's um, it's only seven k. So I think even if I'm at the end of my life, I can sum up the courage to walk seven k. So yeah, it's it's gonna be fine. We don't we don't use that word here, Elodie. Famous Aldi. last words. We it's don't use be that fine. word. We don't use only. It's <laughs> it's, a, it's a dirty word here. <laughs> My my plan is to have like goldfish memory and at the start of every loop, just forget that I have done loops before and forget that there are loops coming after. It's yeah. just that one loop, just that one loop, just 7K. <laughs> there is something special about that, the, about the route though, that sure we didn't do it the correct way round, but it doesn't feel like 7K. Mm. Or at least no, it then, doesn't to me. It doesn't feel like the distance it is. I think it's the fact that we did it at a leisurely pace, stopping, taking pictures, having chats, probably made I mean, it made it feel less than it was. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even even running, having run it last year, um, and I I did my my main runs. Uh, I only did five again. I can't use that word; it's a dirty word. I did five laps last year, and I did them in uh, two, two, and one configuration, and the two laps just go by so quick. Mm. And even when Lee did his two laps back to back, you feel like you've just sat down. You just like cheered him off, and you look at the you look at your watch, and someone goes, oh, I, "I don't know, Jamie or, or or Emma went and saw him go around." And it's like forty minutes go by so quick. By the time you get back to your tent, you sit down, you go make a cuppa, and it's time to get up again and see someone off. So um, it will go past even when you're running it. I think more specifically for yourself, Rich, is like it will go past really quick. Um, but you'll be doing it at a more leisurely pace than we were, or you're going to blow your legs out going up that last little climb that, well, myself and Lorna left left uh, Lee and Elodie to walk up because it isn't, it isn't friendly. It doesn't look too bad, but it's not a friendly hill that really last kick before you get into the field, is it? No, especially if you're going to do it over and over again as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm planning to walk. 
all the inclines in the Pebble Beach, I think. You could have flipped walk at all. Twenty four hours of walking. <laughs> it could potentially be that. I mean, you get to a good point at that at the bottom of that hill. If you run down that hill, we, well, you can't do that because you don't want to run against people. But there is a nice jetty at the bottom, so Hannah would just constantly be jumping off into the water <laughs> and paddling. Well, that that was my other, um, you know, when we when we came up, obviously we mentioned, you know, going for a swim, just doing other activities aside from running for us non-solo people, Rachel. Um, <laughs> but because now we're teams of three, it's going to go really fast in between. So I don't know if we're going to actually have time to go for a dip in between laps or go remember for you don't need to run or... all the time at Elodie. You, I know, but the, the dip, your dipper can be. Uh, hung up as long as you don't lose it or drop it, Lee. Um, <laughs> it can be. It can be put. We, we, I can. I can three D print a, a holder for each team that goes on top of the whiteboard because I've got a whiteboard. Because like last year, it was very difficult to ask, go. What time did Sonso go out? And if you don't pay attention to your watch, you are up and down all the time. So I've got the whiteboard, and it's not to keep track of the lap times because there's a facility there that'll print it off for you. So it's to track what time someone goes out with the Deborah and then what time they're expected back. Um, but then is the Deborah in or out tick box? Mm. So we know that someone's disappeared with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you don't have to run all the time. So you can, as teams of three, you you can just say, nah, sod this, I'm off for a swim. If someone wants to run loads of loads of laps, then it's up to them. <laughs> I'm starting to get really nervous. I haven't run for two weeks. I was trying to really listen and, <laughs> and behave and not push it, but I'm going to have to at least attempt a little run this like tomorrow, maybe, and just see how I get on. Otherwise, I, I will be walking it. You want sorry? <laughs> think how fresh your legs will be. Oh, God. I'm not sure. It has stopped hurting, though. That's a good thing. But yeah, I'm just. I'm a bit nervous, but it's fine. I said, even if I walk it, because now, like you said, the teams are three. There's not that pressure that you think I've got to get back because there's someone waiting for me as much. Yeah. So I kind of feel I do feel better that the teams are a little bit more relaxed, or certainly our team seems to be anyway. It is. It is a benefit because I, I I would like to do seven laps, but I don't know how wise that is. So I'm only going to be doing possibly five k tomorrow. I won't be doing anything like I did last week, and in fact, I didn't get my last run done. But um, if you do five k maximum. Hannah, you'd be okay, but just judge it. If you don't feel right on the on on your test or run, just do three k, do two k, and then save yourself for the weekend because that'll be the worst part. As he said, he signed up, he paid all the money to then blow your leg out, yeah. like on a on a test or run. Talking about outfits and on a slightly more serious note. Um, do you, would you recommend getting a different outfit for each lap in terms of freshness? Or I'm I'm still undecided about doing double loops because in my head, 14K is way more of a feat than two times 7K. Um, so I don't know. As as someone who has done it before, what would you advise, Steve? Um, I'm a little bit fitter than I was when I did it last time. Um and I, it wasn't too bad, but I am quite a sweaty runner, very sweaty runner. And especially now, I can only uh, even five k, my tops will be dripping. So I, I have to change. It, it's not a choice. I have to, otherwise, I'll be getting like a chill or something. Um, recommendation from Uncle Lee would say take take as much cl much clothing as you can to have the option, but also take a plenty of bags where you can bag it up so it's not just all like roosting and stinking by the end of it but no I would I would take whether you take a, a line or something as well it'll look a little bit will dry out um it's only passing showers but I personally I don't change my shorts for every lap um but I'll change my my top uh same with I, I never really considered it because I didn't wear water I didn't wear, wear a water vest last year for the double lap that I never do. I don't wear hydration for 21K. Um, but if you're not used to running over 7K without hydration, especially that it is humid um, and it was very warm last year, it's recommended then that you take something. 
Um, I will probably take the vest and the camel separate, so I have the option. But it's really good for just taking four pockets. I don't have pockets otherwise. Um, but yes, plenty of plenty of clothing. Um, I might take the bigger tent because I think it gives some privacy as well. Because it's like I've got I've got a big six man tent, so if anyone needs to change or that, because I do have one of these changing pop ups as well, but it's not ideal. And it's not great getting changed in a small tent where you can't really move around too much. But no, as much are as you, you are, you just taking the one pair of shoes, or are you taking more than one pair of shoes? I will probably take four pairs. I only own one pair. <laughs> you want to dry them out then. That's where Lee had said take newspaper. So keep uh, Nick, Nick and Susan's friends in, in business. You want to dry them out as much as possible. Uh, so take take your running shoes, but take something you switch into, even if it's like uh, Crocs or something, just to give you that change. And it's the same for Rach because she's gonna you're gonna have to stop at some point, um, and you might want to change your shoes or something because they're gonna get wet. I mean, it's not planned to rain heavy. But the moisture on the ground, even through the night, you'll be picking up moisture, um, and that will that will ruin your feet, and you'll end up you'll like the, the the even the pros last year they were stopping, they didn't stop for long. It was only maybe five ten minutes to change their shoes, dry their feet, and get out again. They weren't necessarily changing their clothes, but they were changing their footwear. Um, I'd need to speak to Mike, see what he's planning to do, but he usually takes two or three pairs of of shoes to the events like these just to give him that flexibility and allow him to dry his feet out. My plan is to take three pairs of shoes, but only only change clothes or shoes if I feel I need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for you, it's more important to change your shoes and dry your socks more than anything, um, just so you don't end up getting like serious blistering, uh, and then that throws you off for the rest of the run. Are you guys planning to sleep? Mm-hmm. Like one Saturday, the event. I am yeah. horrible if I don't sleep. <laughs> Me too. That's my concern, but I'm not planning on. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll sleep. Um, sure, we didn't run through the night last time, but we had the option because it was five people in a team. We could do it. Um, we didn't get much sleep. I mean, Jamie finished his last lap at midnight. We had a good scoff. We had the macaroni, cheese, and chips um, at midnight, and then pretty much went to bed that uh, thereafter. I was awake at four, five in the morning and uh, Deborah had gone. Uh, Jamie got up, he'd done a lap uh, and then Lee went for the next lap and then I went for the lap after. So we only lost about three, four hours, which we were, we were in contention for the group at that point. We were sticking with them. Um, but then Emma's partner, Stu, is a... Uh, He's a proper serious nutcase. He can he can throw out some some good times. Uh, so can Emma as well. But we were all fairly flying on our return laps and our second laps because we just wanted to get back and get food. <laughs> but no, I, I'll sleep. Um, I've got earplugs. I've got a, a, an eye mask just for safety and make sure that it's, if it's not dark enough because it doesn't really get dark up here. Not really. You do see a big difference even between here and Edinburgh. It, it doesn't doesn't really. Hannah knows what I'm talking about. It just doesn't really get dark this time of year. Um, so you might not get much sleep. And it depends on how much Ben decides to drink. I'll be all right. I can sleep anywhere. <laughs> I should be able to. But, um, it might be advisable to even try get a couple of hours, especially if you're up on your feet for that amount of time. But then you might not want to get up and get going again. Even if I try and have a nap in the house in the afternoon, I just feel ten things worse after that. I'm like, I don't think I'd keep going again if I if I had a nap. So and you're staying I up if I have a nap. So you're staying up Sunday night, aren't you? You going out? That but I'm not confirmed that. I don't know if I'll get up <laughs> on Sunday. I know. I'll try. Um. My wife actually did say that to me. She last time, last, last, last year when you got home, you pretty much went to bed and were grumpy because you were that tired. <laughs> so for me, I don't have a, I, I haven't booked a hotel room. So if, if I'm coming out, I've got to drive home, which is only half an hour. Uh, oh no, forty five minutes from from where we are, and um, have a wee bit of a nap and then drive back. 
Oh, I don't know. I haven't decided. <laughs> but in, in another respect, it would be a shame not to because you've come all you've all come that that distance for me not to make an appearance for the Sunday night, especially mm-hmm. since I'm off on Monday. It would be sad, and I don't have to drink. I mean, I said don't drink that much anyway. I think that we you know we could maybe like introduce like a French style dinner where we just sit around the table and stuff our faces for like five hours and chat and laugh and. And drink as well, but like it's not going to be as intense as like a normal Inverness session in the pub. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I, I think I, I think Giz and Lee might take you to the Highlander though. And <laughs> last time we, I didn't go last time. I left the Lee and Lee and Giz and the the secret the uh, the secret original cult uh, to it. <laughs> um, so Carl, I don't know if anyone follows Carl. Um, and Muriel Dempsey, they all went out and apparently it was carnage. <laughs> uh, there's some nice places. I think they cover, I think Kaylee is Kaylee staying over as well, wasn't Yeah, she's staying over. So there are some good places, I think, for everyone eating-wise too. There's a really good Turkish place we went to, Espendos, so that might be a shout at the end of the day as well because it does a bit of everything, plant-based and um, meat-based as well, if you're wanting a, a bit of meat at the end of the day. You've persuaded me to come out now. Rachel likes the best <laughs> I mean, if you don't like it, McDonald's along the road as well. It's pretty so, much up in 24 hours. Um, it's either that or you'll end up in a karaoke bar. Ooh. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off there, Lady. So you said on the Friday, are we getting like food delivered or are we just, just you know, what I'm planning on bringing? Do, is there... Is there an option to get hot food delivered, even if it's pizzas and stuff? What um, do you think? I'm not sure they deliver to a field, but well, or, you know, like gone to pick up something somewhere. I'm that's sure you what I did. That's <laughs> what I did last year. We ordered on Domino's, and then uh, myself and Emma went and picked them up. So that would be my plan to do again. They do say that the campsite closes at ten, um, but. I hope they keep it open because it was beneficial last year to come and go as you please. And the cars aren't that loud, the ones that come in. They're really quite quiet. Uh, there is there is 24 hours food on, on site. As soon as, it, as soon as it opens, there's food there. So they do, I believe they've got pizzas there and they've got other food. But I didn't use that on the Friday night. We went and got Domino's. Um, but there's options, other options in Inverness we can pick up. Um, I'd say McDonald's. Is it, um, is, it, Nando's. is it worth um, keeping one car like out of the campsite? Like, you know, parking one car where we parked when we came up to be able to come and go as we please? Uh, the, the, that way that, the way that they do the camping is you can come and go as you please with any vehicle. Okay. So they, they do it in, um, they do it in almost like you would be in Tesco's. It's like the cars would be back to back and you would park, you would, you would put the tents in amongst them. Um, and almost use it, make a barrier with with the vans or something. But it comes down to how we do it because we've got so many people. Um, but they would, there always has to be a, a vehicle transit route, and that's just because they've got quads as well. So if there's something happens or if you need to get an ambulance in for any reason, it's so you always have access. So the vehicle can come and go at any time. I'm thinking get, more if they close the gates. No, I'm getting touching wood. I'm hoping to keep the gates open, but. There is a lot of there's there's, there's other options. They, they might not close the whole campsite. What they might get you to do is you do go out. There's parking at the gate, so you come into the gate and you park park pretty much there, and you have to walk the rest of the way in. It's not that far, as you know. Um, there was an there was two or three accidents last year. Touch wood, that doesn't happen again. But that's why they kept the campsite open for the full time, and as I say, it was beneficial that happening. Because I didn't hear any. I, the cars came in, but they're also quiet when you're going at low speeds. You're going like five mile an hour or less. Can't really hear anything. So where are the accidents? Just uh, one on the A9. No, I, there's no physical like accident wise on the course. None. It was just there was a, there was accidents on the A9 that closed the road. Um, oh, okay. So as soon as we got there, I picked them and Stu up from the train station, and they were. I didn't pick them up till five o'clock. No, four o'clock-ish. So by the time we got there and set the tents up, Lee and Jamie hadn't even kind of got through Perth. They didn't get there till like six, seven o'clock at night. Um, at which point we'd ordered, we, we'd been on the phone to them 
ordered pizzas and because the, the pizzas on site will only only go to a set time so we had to order and, and go and collect that's why we did what we did um but it was just it was quite bad accidents too it closed the road for a long time so that's why i, I don't know whether jamie's going to come up the glen coway as well but you know what the road's like there it's not any better not really you're stuffed one way or you're stuffed another um Every diversion's like hundreds of miles. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. And you don't want to be going up to Aberdeen to then come to A96. No. And what are the midges like? Is there... I've never experienced midges before, so I'm not sure. Oh, what wow. <laughs> you should be okay by the end. By, by the time you get going, you should be okay. But they go for clean skin. Clean skin? They go for oh, clean I'll be skin. Right there. I'll be stinking. The... the <laughs> It might be an old wives' tale sort of thing, but the, the 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 thinking is they don't like to bite. That's why if you put like um, the 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 deterrents on, they don't like to bite through like a, a film of anything on your skin. Um, so like the filthier you are, and I mean not LED type of filthy, but just generally like dirty, um, they they're less likely to go for you. But it doesn't make you immune to it. Um. Because we're near water, uh, there is a pond nearby. They probably will get you. Um, we had a few bites last year. I've got I've got a few deterrents. I've got um, bands as well. Um, can't remember what you call them, but I've got these. They look like hair bubbles. Uh, you can wear. I don't like swarms of them, like you see in those videos. And that they're not that bad. Uh, at the locks, the, the I I run through them here because they're, they they do it next to the rivers and and ponds and stuff. They're bad, so you end up getting a nice mouthful of protein. Um, but there you will get. We we did get bitten, but we'll put the fires on as well, so the fires will deter them. They don't like smoke. Okay. But then your tent will be smoky. Mine's was when I popped it up just last week. It was had to be aired out a little bit. What um, smoky from last year? Yeah, smoky from last year. I, I bought a tent with full intentions to go camping, Hannah. But have I gone camping? Have I fuck? <laughs> um, <laughs> any any issues with horse flies where you are, Steve? Because mm. they're like they're like my nightmare. I'm catnip to them. They, they not love so me. much. Not so much. No, uh, you don't don't tend to see them so much. But then if you're um, if you're a, a, a beacon for them, they might appear. Um, they'll, again, they'll have followed me all the way up. <laughs> I would hope that the ticks there shouldn't be there shouldn't really be any ticks because it's been cut down and, uh, and there should be a way. The, the livestock haven't been in that field for a while as well, so I doubt we'll have any real tick worries. But I get I think everyone will be checking to make sure there's no ticks on anyone, uh, just for tick watch. Is that, sure. is that a, is that a cult activity? Let's let's. <laughs> I mean, if you can't see the back of your legs, yeah, tick watch, yeah. I feel like I've heard Team this before. Check. It doesn't quite sound right. <laughs> <laughs> I contacted all three. Well, I say I can't. I didn't contact one of them. Someone else contacted them, but I already had contact with them. Um, but two others I contacted and asked if they would be willing to provide items for our consumption. Uh, and yeah, they, they came back and said yes. So one of them makes the packages very heavy. Um, uh, the other ones... I guess, I guess that one, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Lee, Lee is providing stuff as well. So I can't even just give you all the packages. And it's, it's, I've got to... I've got to add some additions to it from Lee. But, Sounds exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just glad <laughs> I'm I'm glad to get my house back. That's anytime I do something, I'm glad to get my house back. Um I repackaged all the t-shirts last night into cellophane sleeves, folded them properly. So I just, they're all they're all named. The only one that I can't get sorted is Nick's unfortunately he can't have pink. He has to go with black. That's fine. He can join the dark side with me. Um, <laughs> Is is it an even number of pink and black or you know not quite, no, not, not quite. quite. So we'll have to try and get a team photo with with staging everybody. It's it's a good split, I think. It's a good split. They came out well. Um they look awesome. I'm I'm assuming everyone I know you guys are planning to arrive on the Friday. I'm assuming everyone's arriving on the Friday. 
yeah hopefully because i want to be able to give you all your i want i honestly want to get rid of these packages as soon as i can <laughs> i really do rachel you get two yes yourself yourself emily and davy get two packages why because just because that's because they're tricks <laughs> because of your name because <laughs> no, you're not you're ultra solo dick <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, you, get, you get two you get two so yeah, and they get more stuff that doesn't seem fair i don't know if you'll be saying that once you see what they're getting <laughs> <laughs> i will say it, it they are the, the second package is a joke it's not i don't want i don't want anyone going off in tears or anything it's a joke <laughs> uh, no nah, it'll be fine it'll be all right it'll be good are we do we still count as part of the team or yes yes you do you do. I wasn't going to include you as part of the team, but you are. Oh, I forgot a t-shirt. Yeah, are that's it. That's a t-shirt, and uh, and one of the one of the ultra dicks has chosen um has chosen a trophy title, and I can't exactly retract it now. So I'm a good, it's a good job that six were made of the normal ones. I wasn't allowed to retract it. Yeah, you're still up for the trophies as well. Yeah. And do, are we allowed to know what we need to do to win the trophies? Yeah. Or is that no, trophies? you're not allowed to know. Do we not? Do we get to know after the fact, or will you tell us on Friday? Here are the trophies, and this is what you need to do to win. You won't. One. You won't learn on a Friday either. No, we won't be telling you what we won't be telling you what you need to do to win one. It's 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 categories we don't want anyone to play up to. They're non-standard categories. But they're, they're not to do with actual running, though, are they? No. Right, okay. So I might beam with a chance of winning. <laughs> yeah. By doing stuff around the campsite as well, it makes you eligible for winning. By running, you also are eligible for winning one of these trophies. Each captain's chosen, uh, oh. chosen a category. It will be down to the captains to um, nominate who they think's gonna, who they would like to put forward for it, and then between the captains, we will anonymously vote. I don't know how exactly I'm gonna run it, but so the captains are not eligible for a trophy. The captains are eligible. They are eligible. If we say there's three people up for it, the captains then all have to message me who they think should win out of those three. Oh. So everyone's eligible. <laughs> Sorry, Rage, was that? No, I'm just getting all excited here. I was just going to say, are you confident somebody's going to win each of the prizes? Oh, why? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there you have it. That's just some of the chat that was had through the multiple sessions between a few of the Who Dropped Their Deborah squad. As I say, that was Rachel, Hannah and Elodie that mostly featured throughout, including an addition there by Lee with the story about why we are called Who Dropped the Dibber. Apologies again for for anyone that's a little bit less interested in this episode. It's very, very strange. I would say if you are more interested in finding out a little bit more about the event, maybe listen back to our very, very first episode, which was all about Loch Ness 24 last year. Um, although it's a little bit more robotic, I think I give more of an understanding about the whole event and the course as a whole. But for this one, it was more about just having more of a chill, a uh, friendly voice in your ear and having some conversation between a few of the faces from the Dibbers and being just shy of 50 minutes. I think that's maybe enough to keep you going, especially being that Elodie gave me a telling off for having podcasts over an hour. With some of our chat being focused on sponsors for the Who Dropped the Dipper team for the Loch Ness 24, I will be giving out shout outs to each of the companies that were lovely enough to give us items for consumption and all the rest. It will become clearer next week. I will give them shout outs in the next episode mostly because this episode comes out first thing on Friday and with a lot of people traveling, it's a surprise, all these sponsor packages, it's a surprise for any of the team members. So being that they may listen on their drive north, I don't want to give anything away. So we'll do that next week. But that does get us onto the topic of what to expect from episode nine. 
as we rapidly approach the season two finale, episode 10 with Omar Stanley Pesodas, there has been almost 10 episodes since we've had the southern soundings from the bearded beauty himself, runner man Steve. And I'm absolutely ecstatic to say that he is coming back just for one episode at the moment. We're not going to promise anything here but he's coming back for episode nine as my guest makes his life a lot easier because i'm just going to be interviewing him i'm going to be doing the same as i've been doing for the rest of this season and it gives him a nice opportunity just to relax and let us know how things have been going with steve and his running All being well, I'll get that episode recorded on Tuesday or Wednesday. Whenever Steve's available, we'll get that recorded. I'll get it prepared and I'll get it out ready for the first Friday, the 1st of September. And then, as I say, it's just the downhill slope then to episode 10 with Omar. Hopefully I won't be too tired for that interview. I have got Monday off work. So once Sunday's at the way, back home to my own bed and probably sleep for 16 hours straight. But it's going to be a fantastic weekend. Good luck to everybody taking part, even those that are not Dibbers, the enemy effectively, all these other teams. I wish you all the very best. If you do see me out there, come and say hello. I will be wearing my podcast t-shirt, so it will be obvious who I am, especially being that one of them is lightning orange. The same with Ryan. I'm pretty sure he's going to be wearing the press play and run branding. If you see us, come and say hello. Until then, however, and until the next episode, I hope you have a fantastic weekend, no matter what you're getting up to, events or otherwise. Stay safe. Enjoy your runs. And you'll hear from me soon.